this one skater talked about joy in motion. And I was like, that is the perfect way to describe what roller skating is. You're listening to Happy Vermont, a podcast about people and places in the Green Mountain State. I'm Erica Housekeeper. When I'm looking for podcast episode ideas, I try to focus on places that are accessible to the public in Vermont. Things like trails, forests, museums, scenic roads, events, or town halls. A couple of months ago, I stumbled upon an Instagram post about efforts to create a public skating rink in Burlington. I roller skated in Rutland when I was growing up, but that was a really long time ago. Vermont used to have a handful of indoor rolling rinks around the state in communities like Rutland, Williston, and Colchester. And now there are none. Alicia Taylor and Joanna Alpazar met roller skating in Burlington, not at a rink, but at a pop-up roller skating event. The two became fast friends, and they host roller skating events in the Burlington area at indoor and outdoor spaces like the Frame on the Burlington Waterfront, the One Community Center, and Talent Skate Park. They're also circulating a petition to get a permanent roller skating place established in the community. Alicia, who is Black and grew up in Vermont, oversees community engagement at CarShare Vermont in Burlington. She roller skated as a child, but stopped by the time she was in her teens. Alicia started skating again recently, and she started Joyriders, a BIPOC skate club. Joanna, who identifies as Chicana, is a violinist with the Vermont Philharmonic. She moved to Vermont with her family from California in 2020 and founded the Vermont Skate Society, prompted in part by the passing of her 34-year-old cousin, Stephanie. To give some historical context about roller skating, it's important to know that roller skating has long been a refuge for BIPOC communities in the United States. Black skaters had been banned from rinks in many segregated places, even after the Civil Rights Act was adopted. Many roller skating venues would set aside maybe one night a week for black skaters. But as a result, it created an environment where black skaters could skate to their own music and socialize without worrying about white rules and standards. And that resulted in a tight-knit community of black skaters that still exists to this day. On a beautiful, warm October evening, I watched Alicia and Joanna and their family and friends skate outside the frame on the Burlington waterfront. And right around Halloween, I met up with them again at the Talent Skate Park to go roller skating, my first time since the 1980s. It was nice to spend time with Alicia and Joanna before we sat down for an interview in early November. In this episode of Happy Vermont, we talk about the joy of roller skating, the history and culture of roller skating, and creating a welcoming skating space for the community. Here's Alicia, and in a couple minutes, you'll also hear from Joanna. During lockdown, occasionally I kept seeing people on roller skates and it like planted the seed in my mind. And I was like, oh, I remember skating as a kid. This is, I should look into this. And then my, one of my dear friends that I've known since I was five, she invited me to go to New York City to celebrate her 40th. And it was like the first solo trip I had taken since my second child was born. So I got on a train, got down to New York City, and she had like this whole itinerary planned. And one of the outings was going to Rockefeller Center to roller skate. So it was the first time I had put on skates since I was a child, probably middle school age. So I put on skates and it was like immediate 
joy. And I feel like for me, it was during the lockdown and during COVID, I was really, I felt like all the joy of my life was like taken away. And it, it was a really hard time. I was struggling a lot with anxiety and depression and going on this trip and putting on roller skates and being able to be joyful and playful and have fun was like the first time I had felt that. And so I was like, I got back from New York City. So this was like April. And I was like, all right, I'm going to buy myself a pair of skates. So for Mother's Day that next May, I bought myself my first pair of skates. It was my time to carve out a little time for myself to go and just be, listen to music, skate. So I always, from the beginning, I was like, how do I build community around this? I want to skate with people. And so I started to think about how do I get more BIPOC women on skates? That was kind of like my first idea. So I was just putting out on social media, like, hey, anyone who want to come skate? I'm going to be here. Come join me. And if I saw a person of color, I would be like, do you roller skate? Would you like to come roller skate? And then like magic so I was kind of just doing this on my own. And then like magic Instagram was like, have you seen Vermont Skate Society? I was like one of those little things like, hey, you might be interested in this group. And it was Joanna with like a group of women, some BIPOC women. I was like, oh my gosh. And she was doing a Halloween rollout. So they were like, meet us at... Letty Park, we're gonna dress up in your costume, we're gonna go skating down the bike path. And I was like, all right, I'm doing this. So like I put myself in my full Halloween cause. I was like by myself, I'm like putting myself out there. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna dress up. And I showed up and like, it was like instantly, I was like a kindred spirit. I was like, this is like a person that gets it. And I was like, instantly, we could do this. I have a community now. This is amazing. So that was kind of like the start of my roller skating experience in the area. So Joy Rodders is a BIPOC skate club. And your events are meant to be affinity spaces for the BIPOC community. And Joanna, the Vermont Skate Society is open to everyone. Correct. And I'm just lucky enough to be also included in the BIPOC club (laughs) as a Chicana. Last Saturday, so our listeners know, was a roller disco at Talent. And it was my first time on roller skates in like 40 years. I'm dating myself. And it was so funny because I was thinking about joy riders. And I was like, I totally get it. Like I couldn't wipe (laughs) the smile off my face roller skating around, you know, even though it was, you know, I was scared to get back out there. But it was great to see families out there and young people, people a little older like me. Like it was just such a wonderful event and I was I was excited to find out about it and to be part of it. So since I first spoke to the two of you, I have been reading more about roller skating. Like I never gave roller skating that much thought beyond my own experience as a child. I skated in like the late 70s, early 80s, and then it stopped. The roller rink closed in Rutland that I went to and I didn't do it again. So I started kind of diving in and being like, when did roller skating actually start? And what does it mean? What does it mean to certain communities? And how did it even start? And I was fascinated to find out that the first roller skating rink opened in New York City in 1863. This man, James Plimpton, opened it. And it was at this like elite club. And I had read also that he had kind of made these skates, but he wouldn't sell them. He'd only lease them. And I guess he wanted to make a lot of money. And then another elite club opened in Newport, Rhode Island. So it was kind of this exclusive thing way back when. And then 
there was a man by the name of L.M. Richardson, and he lived in Chicago. And in, I think it was 1884, he obtained the patent for ball-bearing roller skates. And so they could be mass-produced, and it kind of opened up roller skating to everyone, which is great. So this is going way back, 1880s or so. And so ever since then, roller skating, it was popular. Maybe it had its ups and downs. I think maybe a lot of rinks closed during, like, World War II or something. And then there was a big resurgence in the 70s and 80s. And I was fascinated to find out that in 1984, there was a survey that said skating attracted 40 million Americans a year. If you think back to 1984, like, that's crazy. I mean, it's impressive. And in Vermont, we had places like, I think, Rollerville and Rutland were... I went, and then there was Ethan Allen Park had a rink way back when, and there was Skateland in Williston and Essex and Broadacres Roller Rink in Colchester. And now those places are all gone, all gone. They've been gone for a long time. And a lot of that has been happening around the country since probably the 90s, 2000s. You know, rinks have closed more and more and more. But since you have formed your organizations, your groups, you've had kind of pop-up roller skating events. I mean, would you call it that? Would you call it a pop-up event, kind of? Yeah, for sure. And tell me where these happen. Like, where do you have these? Uh, Alicia, why don't you start? So I have found a home at the Old North End Community Center. So it's a community hub that's right in my neighborhood. And it's a space that I'm really comfortable with because my kids have gone to Robin's Nest Children's Center there. And I know a lot of the people in the building. So they have one of the few spaces that actually will allow us to roller skate. I think that's been one of the challenges to actually find indoor spaces that allow roller skates. So the Old North End Community Center has been a lovely space to bring people together. It's right in the Old North End community, so it's easy to get to. So that's kind of where I've really focused on most of the, the BIPOC skate nights that I've done. Do you do them sort of regularly or? I aim for like every other month or so, but the demand is there and people keep asking like, I want to do this monthly. And so that's what I've been trying to work towards is like hosting something monthly, at least through the winter months when it's cold outside and people are looking for things to do with their families, places to go. So we have one coming up on November 17th and then I'll, I'm skipping December and then I'll do one in January in the new year. And what about in the warmer months? Do you still do them at the one community center? Well, in the warmer months, we've partnered with Vermont Skate Society to do the pop-ups at the frame. So down on the waterfront, it's one of the places that when I was first getting into skating, that's where I would go. And it's been a lovely spot to kind of open up to the community and see more people claim that as kind of our skate home in Burlington. So that's where, yeah, throughout the summer, we were doing weekly pop-ups down there, which was really lovely. That's a really nice spot too, right on the lake. And what about you, Joanna? Where have some of your skating events been? First, I I called everywhere. Every option you could possibly think of, I've called and I've received so many no's. I'm so good at rejection now. (laughs) So good at that. But it wasn't until I was in roller derby with the Green Mountain Roller Derby that I met Katie Major and Jessica Cole. And they're like, well, have you tried Talent Skate Park? I'm like, I didn't think that was an option because on their website at the time, it said that it was skateboards only. So they're like, no, 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 we rent it out and we have a roller skate night every so often. And I was like, okay, all right, well, is it cool if my people come too and we just split the cost? And like, oh yeah, definitely. So it became kind of a regular weekly thing for us to do it during the colder months. 
and it definitely got the owner's attention. And so she made a roller only night that is once a week, but that's once a week. It's only a two hour block and it doesn't necessarily work for everybody. So here we are with a bit of a dilemma again, that it's not entirely accessible. Also, there's a 30 person maximum. So I have come to roller night a couple times where it has sold out and people have been turned away. So (laughs) yeah, even that's growing in demand. Well, so let's talk about the accessibility piece. There's a petition going around, you're trying to create kind of a public rink in Burlington. So let's hear about that. Initially, it was something that I had a conversation with one of my private violin students' parents, and I had no idea that she worked for the city. And she said, oh, this is amazing. Have you considered applying for the Penny for Parks project? And da-da-da-da, all these things. And started to talk to the Parks and Rec Department, basically on my behalf and throwing the idea around, all these ideas of different parks. And then there was this survey for the frame asking what we wanted for phase two of, you know, what they're going to add around the frame. And so Alicia and I had the idea to use what I had written up for the Penny for Parks project turn it into a petition. <laughs> and she had the genius idea to turn it into this online petition because I am like old school would have been out there with a clipboard and a pen. And <laughs> so we just went live with that and started sharing between our two organizations. And currently, I think there's 316 signatures. Yeah, and we were able to present that at a public meeting for the frame. And what's amazing is that we had so many people that filled out their survey asking for a roller skate space. Not that I like nudged (laughs) them and winked at them. We had enough people making a presence that they included it in the options of things that they would do for phase two. So not promising anything, but it was nice to see that they were even entertaining the idea. And is this an outdoor rink or? That would be outdoor. So what we had originally asked for is something that could be multi-purpose. So it could be roller skating in the warmer months and it could be ice skating in the colder months. People are like, well, the frame, it's so close to Battery Park. They have a rink over there. You know what they have over there? They dig a ditch and then they fill it with water. What are the next steps? Do you get more signatures? Are you going to have any meetings or do you know? Well, I did actually fill out the actual submission for Penny for Parks project because when we were at the frame meeting, we were approached by a couple different people that are in charge of various renovations in the Burlington Parks. And they're like, well, what about this park? I'm like, yeah, what about that park? And then another person, how about this park? Yeah, how about this park? (laughs) And so I submitted for both of those parks that had been mentioned with two slightly different ideas. One just being, okay, a flat, smooth surface, paint an oval, do it kind of like the Golden Gate Park over in San Francisco, maybe put a couple benches or something so people can put on their gear. And then for the other one, I was thinking more of an actual rink, kind of like the outdoor rink that they have in Bristol. But my one request was, please, no basketball hoops. (laughs) Because, I mean, that's the issue we're already having, is having to share with ball players, And they already have a space. We don't have a space. 
Each of you, when you were growing up, where did you skate? Joanna. So I'm from Long Beach, California. Yay! <laughs> very, very proudly from Long Beach. And I would skate on the streets, or we would have a sidewalk that would run along the sand in the neighborhood I grew up on. Uh, it was the peninsula in Long Beach, Ocean Boulevard. And we also had, at the end of that street, a connector to a bike path that would run through the sand the whole length of Long Beach to the downtown area and that would connect to like Shoreline Village and it would go up to a lighthouse. And I also would roller skate in the streets like doing rollouts with my Long Beach crew. They are the skaters that were affiliated with like the Moxie Skate Shop that was on 4th Street in Retro Row area. But that was actually purchased by my friend Shana and she turned it into Pigeon's Roller Skate Shop. So she's been quite the inspiration, actually. And you moved to Vermont in 2020? 2020. <laughs> it was lonely. I bet. I bet. Yeah. You've always skated. Like, did you ever take a hiatus? Have you skated your whole life, or were there years where you're like, no, I'm not doing it? I can't think of a hiatus that I've had in my life. I started skating maybe when I was six or seven years old, around the time that I started playing violin. But it was on roller blades, and ooh, they were splatter painted. Ooh, so cool. And I just remember that first experience of being on them and being on the sidewalk, and you get to the little lips in the sidewalk for the driveways and being like, oh, dear God, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't die. I'm still here. And Alicia, when did you start skating? So I went to Skateland, which was in Williston, Vermont. So I grew up in Jeffersonville, which is a small town. So it was like 45 minute hour drive to Skateland. And we would go as a group of like me and my friends to probably like monthly, maybe, if I recall. And I have like vivid memories of being in Skateland and putting on the like brown leather skates with the orange wheels and skating around and flying around the rink with my friends and whipping them around in the circle. And it's very vivid, the memories of being in that place. And then it closed. So maybe I was probably middle school the last time I went. And then it, you know, and then we just became teenagers and we didn't go. And then I closed down for many years. And then it did briefly reopen, but it reopened after I'd had my first child. And so I missed the window. So I had like a new baby and I was so excited when I heard that Skateland reopened. I was so pumped. But then they closed before I was like physically able to like get there. I was like, no, I can't believe it reopened and then it closed. So I think it was just unfortunately a little ahead of its time. So anyway, those are my memories of like, it was really just in a rink because I grew up in like a really rural part of the state where there wasn't like sidewalks or cement places to skate in the community. It was like a drive to get to the rink. And a bunch of like dirt roads. Yeah, exactly. Alicia, so Skateland closed and then you weren't skating. You became a teenager. I was like, no, no. But then you had this trip to New York. What year is that? That was April of 2022. Okay. So very so recent. very long. Right. A long break. And <laughs> yeah, then, very long break. And then like right when you got back on, you're like, this is, I'm back. Yes. And it was like, 
being almost 40, putting on a pair of roller skates, being nervous about falling. It was definitely took a little bit of bravery and like kind of putting myself out there. But I was like, it was just instant joy. And I just wanted to hold on to that joy. So and then finding community and finding people that get it were as like excited about it as I was, was motivation to continue. And then it's been just amazing to build this community with joyriders of getting new people on roller skates it's kind of what keeps me going like it's the moment you see someone that's brand new put on a pair of roller skates for the first time and their smile and just their joy okay that I want to keep doing that I want to keep seeing that seeing Erica put on a pair of skates and smiling (laughs) that was amazing it felt really good I was thinking like oh I can't fall you know of course you get to a certain age I'd never thought about falling when I was a kid but the night that I was skating with you I was like oh my god what am I gonna break my arm but I kind of got over that just was careful and it was so much fun yeah and sometimes you do fall I know and it's and okay you, and you learn that it's okay, it's okay and you get back up and you get stronger it's yes. amazing with skating like each time I put on a pair of skates, it got easier and easier and it got more comfortable. And I've only been skating for, it's really not been very long. Yeah. It's been like a couple of years and it's like now such an important part of my life. Yeah. It's amazing, the transformation. I was watching this documentary that I'll talk about in a minute, but people say sometimes like they'll put on skates and all their troubles melt away for the day. Or it's like the best stress relief or like, how can you not be happy skating It's like, is that your stress reliever when you go out there? You're like, okay, I've had a rough day or I'm stressed out. You know what's going to help me skating? I think for me, for sure, that's definitely a part of it. There's this heart, body, mind connection that happens when you put on a pair of skates that's really powerful. And I think for as someone who struggles with anxiety and depression, that has been how I kind of find that time for myself for wellness. So for the first year, it was really about me being alone, doing this for my health and wellness. And then it's been more recently that I'm like, okay, now how do I tell everybody about this? Because it's so amazing. I want to spread that joy and wellness to others. And I do see, especially for the BIPOC community, especially in these times where there's so much heavy stuff, we need moments of joy and just kind of connection. And that's what keeps me really motivated to continue to do this. You do feel being on the skates for the first time in many, many years, I noticed how present I had to be. And it felt great. It was like, I have to totally concentrate right now. But it felt wonderful. It wasn't like a hard concentration. It was like, oh, you were felt very present and mindful. And it felt great. I came across this HBO documentary, and I started reading about it. And it's called United Skates. And it showcases the significance of skating rinks for black communities and black activists who were fighting to keep rinks open in certain places. Rinks were getting closed, the lease was up, and the owner wouldn't renew. So it was like, oh, maybe we'll put a Home Depot in here, get more money. But in the documentary, the cameras follow someone by the name of Reggie Brown, and he is a roller skating ambassador and community advocate. And he was interviewed by the Associated Press, and he said that roller skating teaches patience, purpose, athleticism, positive reinforcement, determination, and getting up after you fall and getting right back out there. And he's quoted as saying roller skating is more than going around in circles on a couple wheels. It's fun, it's enjoyable, but the socioeconomic benefits to roller skating are higher than anybody can think of. He says, name me another activity that's family affordable, that you can go out on a Saturday and take five members of your family and you can skate for four hours and everybody can have a good time and exercise. 
Does that sound accurate? Exactly. And that's definitely what we're seeing right now. We're entering winter. There are families that can afford to take everybody skiing. My family can't. (laughs) But my family can afford to pay $10 to go skate at Talent for each member of the family. That is definitely a lot more affordable than going up to the resort and paying hundreds of dollars and then potentially having my younger one decide it's two degrees too cold or these boots are too heavy. (laughs) I love the heat. Well, speak his mind. I love that. But we can't afford to have a change of mind when we're there. Or weather dependent and all the other things that come along with it. And what about you, Alicia? I mean, does that sound like an accurate statement about roller skating, kind of the benefits? I think that's so true. And with winter coming, it's like, yeah, what are you going to do with your kids on the weekend? There's nowhere to go. And I think, you know, we've seen like, yeah, the loss of those community spaces for people to come together and do something that's fun and healthy. And I think we need more of that. And it's like also something that's not your kids just like looking at a screen that's like actually about them engaging with other friends, building community and building their skills. So I think the more of these kinds of events, it's been so wonderful to see these young people. And I've been trying to like work with getting more college students and high school students to the events as well, doing some outreach because I do feel like there's nothing for teens to do in this community. There's nowhere for them to go. There's very little for that age group. So having a space where they could come and hang out and have fun, do something healthy for their bodies, minds, and I think it's like, so it's missing from the community right now. Pre-pandemic, roller skating on the West Coast, just something that's really important to acknowledge is that it's always been, since the 70s, it has continued to be an important part of the Black community. What I love about going skating at the rinks on the West Coast is that there are seasoned roller skaters that know all these amazing skills, and you don't have to pay someone to teach you. You're like, oh, that looks so cool. Can you show me how to do that? They will take time. They are so happy to stop what they're doing and pass that knowledge down. So with the pandemic and the popularity of social media, these skills that once were being passed down person to person are now going through this platform. It's not that those skills are new. No, they've been here. So that's really important to say. I'd say that because of pandemic and social media, it has reached a new generation, that it's continuing and it's staying alive because of this. It's not that it's disappeared. In a place like Vermont, very white state, when you're out there and you're having petitions signed or you're trying to make a rink open and accessible to people, is it important to talk about the importance of roller skating or the cultural aspect of it? Do you do that in your work when you're communicating with park officials or people in the community? I'm learning more about the history as someone that grew up in Vermont, a very white state. This history was not taught. And I don't know that, and I'm kind of learning more about it. And just recently learned that the Clemens family farm has like a whole roller skating curriculum, which I'm hoping that we can collaborate more to bring this history and knowledge to the forefront of these conversations. And, and I also, I've connected with this person, Nando, who is doing roller skating stuff in the South Royalton community. And he He grew up in New York City during the height of roller skating culture and like the birth of hip hop and all of that. So he's really kind of connected. So I'm hoping we can kind of 
connect with the people within our state that have this knowledge and bring it to the forefront more because I think it is missing. You know, it's often not taught or certainly I didn't grow up knowing that. And so it's been really amazing for me to learn about this history as a black person that grew up in Vermont in a really white state. It's been really empowering to be connected to this and to feel that connection to roller skating myself and the history that's come from it. So it's been a beautiful thing for me to learn about too and just kind of trying to find ways to share that with other people. I am not so subtle with my adding aspects of Latin American culture into our roller discos and things. For me, it's more like, I'm going to take up space. Mm -hmm. So for like our playlists that we have for our summer meetups, our outdoor meetups, rather than having a DJ for every meetup, I ever so subtly added in some Latin American music. (laughs) Moving here from California, I moved from all of my family. I moved from my culture. There's not one Mexican market here. And so for me, this is how I can like subtly put little bits of myself into this. I also, not so subtly, put a Dia de los Muertos ofrenda out at the last disco because, I mean, that's one of my favorite holidays and I love to share it with all my friends and, of course, my roller skate friends. And how does that feel when you're taking up space and playing the music and expressing that part of yourself? Because I'm sure in Vermont it's coming here from California and it's a big shock. Oh, gosh, big culture shock. (laughs) But, well, it's been really important to me, especially with my children. Like, I don't want them to lose that part that is so important. Seeing people hear the music and then maybe smiling or moving a little bit more when they're skating, that brings me joy. Or when we brought aguas frescas or Mexican drinks to sorry, non-alcoholic drinks, to the Barbie disco or one of the outdoor discos, people were really, really enjoying it. And the horchata, which is like a rice cinnamon milk drink, and the jamaica, which is like a sweet hibiscus tea. It's nice to see people enjoying what I also enjoy. For me, like Joyriders, as someone that grew up in Vermont, very white community where there weren't a lot of people that looked like me, there weren't families that looked like mine, being able to create those spaces where families like mine and kids can come together in community and have that support of like seeing people that look like you on roller skates, connecting, having fun, creating those affinity spaces is really important because I grew up not having them. So I feel like part of the work that I'm doing is really creating that sense of belonging and community and creating those spaces where we can come together. So anyway, just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. Her first BIPOC skate night, I remember shedding tears of joy seeing our children playing together and them not having to wonder like, are there more people like me? We're like showing them that there are. Like, where do you see Vermont Skate Society in a year? And where do you see Joyriders in a year? Vermont Skate Society, I'd like very much for it to be a nonprofit at some point because I'm definitely kicking down a lot of my own money for these events and to collect a bunch of loner skates. I'm sure Alicia feels the same way. We both have collected 40 plus pairs of roller skates that we loan to people. Definitely going in the direction of nonprofit. I'm also envisioning maybe an actual indoor roller rink. 
I'm not sure. Like, I think I want to keep it a club and whether or not it becomes a nonprofit or LLC or we just kind of support Vermont Skate Society to be determined, I guess. But I definitely do see for our community indoor rink space. That's kind of like what we're working to manifest right now, because I do think that that is in our climate. We, we need an indoor space and we need something that's big enough to hold the community that we are creating, which is growing. You can learn more about Joyriders and the Vermont Skate Society by following both of them on Instagram. Thanks for listening to Happy Vermont. You can find more stories, event listings, podcast episodes, and more on my website, happyvermont.com. Thanks for listening. Take care and talk to you soon.